I would like the chief idea officer to please just tell us what you want us to say and we'll say it. Do we just like drop our names? I knew everything that was going to happen, but I don't remember watching it. Hey, this is Jason Lucas. I mean, what are we, what are we recording, bro? Hey, it's Redbeard. You get out of here and don't come back until you bring me some coffee. NSFW. Hey, as a reminder, this is Jason Lucas. Hey, it's Abby Perry. I'm Redbeard. Arr. Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's Jason Maldonado. Get my mental druthers ready here. You, do you need to do that red leather, yellow leather? What is that, like a tongue exercise? <laughs> Unique New York. Unique New York. There you go. Watermelon, yeah. watermelon, 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 <laughs> watermelon, watermelon. Release the quacking. All right, let's get this started. Welcome to Safety Justice League. Uh, well, Michael, thank you so much for coming on Safety Justice League. We'd been talking for a while about about having a conversation and I'm really excited to have you on. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Excellent. Well, I'm going to read a little bit from, I'm going to cheat and just, I pulled up the about us on Yellowbird about you because <laughs> there's something interesting in here, but I thought, Hey, this might be a good, a good, um, you know, it'll save you from having to do what you've probably done a thousand times, which is give your own introduction. So I'm just going to read this here. And, and how do you say your last name? I just want to make sure I get that right. It's a Zal, like pal. Zal. Gotcha. Yep. Good. I'm glad I asked because I didn't want to butcher that. So, okay. So, Michael Zal is the founder and CEO of Yellowbird. He is responsible for creating, building, and launching new concepts and companies, resulting in multiple successful exits over a 25 year tech career. He has built a career through a unique balance of commercializing novel business models, or operationalizing innovative technologies and platforms rapidly scaling operations and building market shaping ecosystems. That sounds really nice. Uh, <laughs> and then it just means somebody writes a lot better than, than I actually am. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's no, it's, it, it's, it's good. I, I found that really interesting because 25 year tech career, multiple successful exits. And so I was really curious about, it sounds like you're quite the entrepreneur. Um, in the tech industry. And I wanted to pick your brain about what you, what brought you to Yellowbird? Like what was your journey up to Yellowbird? Wow. That's a, a great question. So I started selling computers um, when I was 16 years old. And at that point, when I found that I loved the tech, I kind of stuck with it. So during my schooling and during my career, I just had a passion for technology and what it could do. So my fortunate uh, circumstances are that I was in the right place at the right time at age 15 and met somebody who liked me and gave me the opportunity to sell computer systems. I ended up getting into the internet business in 1995, to give you an indication of how old I am, uh, older than dirt. And we were selling uh, connectivity to the US internet, which is what that company was doing. And fortunately, we were very successful in doing that. And I ended up evolving into satellite communications from fiber communications because I felt like we were making a bigger impact helping people, which is what I'm really passionate about by 
supplying internet feeds off the beaten path, as the case may be. So things like mining and construction and uh, third world countries and things like that. And whenever you're off the beaten path, you tend to find that health and safety tends to pop its ugly head up, particularly when you're thinking of business applications. So that's that's how I got into the EHS space and eventually led me to, to Yellowbird. Okay, very interesting. So you were was that your first job selling computers at 15? Uh, no, the, the gentleman that I met was, I was actually... Uh, I was ripping tickets at a movie theater when I was 15 and okay. the gentleman that kept coming in and out every Friday, I remembered his name well. And, um, I always said hi to him when he came in and he was a, he was a head of sales for this computer company. So he asked me if I knew anything about, about computers of which I promptly lied straight to his face and said, yes. And he, he, uh, gave me a chance to, to sell for him and, it was a it was really a great opportunity for me. Yeah. In that all fairness, cool. you were probably really good at Oregon Trail back then. I think <laughs> I'm placing this right. <laughs> That's computer skills. Good point. Good point. Yes. Oh yes, yeah. I was. So, so I, you may not be able to answer this here, but I'm curious because it, it said you, you, multiple successful exits. Um, I'm curious if this yellow bird. So you're the CEO and founder of Yellowbird. So this is obviously your baby. Yes. But do you have anything for the future? Before we really dig into Yellowbird more, I'm, I'm just curious, is this something that you see yourself doing for the long haul? Is this, or do you have other things in mind for the future beyond Yellowbird? Great question. Well, we'll get into Yellowbird and why it's called Yellowbird, but the the platform of Yellowbird has a lot of directions it can go. So for me, I don't always have to have a new business to do new things. And it's not like we will only do one thing. So as long as the business is growing and and solving real problems and and helping people, I'm going to continue doing it. I don't have any um, ambition of, of exiting or leaving the organization at all. Um, when I, when honestly, that intro was written for investors who are always interested in, well, how am I going to get money out if I put money into Yellowbird or any other venture? Um, and so they always want to know that they're investing in somebody who has successfully exited um, a business because they know what it's like to start, grow, and eventually either sell or have some kind of a, an event that gives them access to their, to their earnings. So that's really the reason it was written that way. <laughs> oh, it makes total sense. Makes total sense. Okay, so now let's dig into a little bit about what Yellowbird's all about. So there, there are two sides to Yellowbird. There's the you call them professionals. Mm-hmm. There's a professional side, and then there's the I get what do we call it? Prof- um, the employers? The uh, co's. So we call them pros and co's. Um, they are uh, oh, professionals okay. and companies. Very good. Can Very good. I okay, take so. a stab at explaining Yellowbird, and then you can you can make fun of me if I'm totally wrong. <laughs> I would love for you to take a stab at explaining Yellowbird, okay. please. <laughs> okay, so a few years ago, it seemed like everyone was coming up with um, Uber, but for blank. 
So I feel like Yellowbird, when I first saw it and had maybe a tiny understanding of what it is that I was like, oh, it's like Uber, but for safety or but for safety consultants. Am I close? <laughs> very, very good. Yes. <laughs> all, all technical platforms that you look at, Uber, Grubhub, even Amazon, are what you call a marketplace. And two-sided marketplaces being a fancy you know, VC world way of saying supply and demand. And so we handle both the supply side of humans <laughs> and the demand side of companies. And we match them using technology. So yes, we are the Uber of safety, essentially. And I've said that many times. So yeah, that was exceptional, Abby. And you're hired. So uh, wherever you <laughs> currently work, you can quit your job. Come on board. No. no. So, so Yellowbird's into human trafficking. Got it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait a minute. Yeah. That sounded. Hey, okay. uh, well, it, not, it was, it was, really a, it was a good company. It really was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What is it going right for uh, human these days? <laughs> Actually, yeah. it's, it's a funny, so, it's, it is funny that you should bring it up that way because. One of the arguments that I've always had against the Ubers of the world, and I hate to use Uber as it is the only example, any any um, mass market marketplace is that you, the skill set that you need is relatively limited. And I've done a lot of research and reading, and there's you know all sorts of blogs and stuff around. And one of the things that I know the industry, and when I say the industry, I mean the tech marketplace industry is going to go towards specializing in high-skilled labor on demand. So that's where we and my team have really focused our energies is around high-skilled labor, where it's not just anybody, but somebody with the right education and, and continuing education and, and certifications and expertise and um, all that kind of stuff. So that's where I'm passionate. Okay, so if I was a pro mm -hmm. and I was looking for a co, yep. um, can you give me a quick walkthrough on what that experience is like? Is it hard? Is it tedious? Is it? Do you guys try to make it as easy as possible? What are the steps involved in that? Well, it's it's free for a pro. So first of all, so that's always good. So there's really no skin off anybody's back for for giving it a whirl. Um, you go to goyellowbird.com, so it's pretty easy, and it takes about realistically under 10 minutes, I'd say eight to 10 minutes and you fill out any information that you can. We try to make it as easy possible, um, easy as possible. So primarily what we're looking for is all the things that you don't necessarily put on a resume. So yes, we get your, we get your certs and we get your background, but we, we try to understand you know, your geography, your industry of expertise, your area of expertise inside of your, the things that you have. Like if you're a CSP, as an example, well, there's tons and tons of CSPs out there. And yeah, it's a, you know, you've got your, you've got your, uh, you know, your certified safety professional, um, but it doesn't really say what you, what you're an expert in per se. So we try to take, you know, ask that information. You know, are you a construction person? Are you an electrical safety person? Confined spaces, uh, you know, all the things, all the various nuances. Um, and it doesn't take a long time. It just takes effort to, not even effort, but it just takes filling out this information. And then what we do is we schedule a, 
a call and to verify that we have all the information correct. And, and um, we ask for a copy of your, of your certs. And then um, we do an orientation call. Um, the last thing that we do is a background check. And the background check is not a credit or anything like that check. It's really um, more of a felony check and to make sure that we are able to uh, place you at some of the organizations that are, are cannot have you um, on site if you are, have a, a felony of certain sorts. And then the, the last thing is uh, the orientation, the final orientation with the group. And then you are match ready. So the whole process takes about a week um, from the time you start to the time you're match ready. That's pretty painless. Yeah, what? it is. So oh, besides having painless. A, yeah, okay. Um, so behi- besides having a felony or something like that, are there any other disqualifiers? Um, yes, there are. There's several, some of which we'll talk about on this call and some of which we won't because uh, it's kind of our secret sauce. But to be really honest, the biggest one for us is we we have to be better than a temporary staffing agency. We have to be better than any other way of people finding short-term labor, um, especially skilled labor. So if you're um, not the most kind person, if you're late, if you are all the soft skills, and I hate to use soft skills, but really it's true. I mean, you if you show up and you show up five minutes late and you cut somebody off early and you're kind of an ass, we'll probably send you a letter saying that you're not a good match for Yellowbird. Yeah, we call that the D bad principle. Yes, don't, exactly. Don't be a dick. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, so now Is we're shifting over. To check for that. so i want to amend my uber but for safety professionals and now i'm thinking it's more like e-harmony or match for safety professionals and the companies yes yeah yeah wow i almost wonder if you've talked to somebody because that is the example i actually use i i actually i said i used to say we're uber for safety pros but really we're more of a match.com because we take we take more into consideration than that so, That's awesome. So no, have... I haven't talked to anybody. I'm just picking <laughs> up what you're putting down. <laughs> so, so you have the don't be a dick principle and then you have yep. don't be a felon. Yep. What are the things that you look for as a, like an ideal, like, do you have to have certifications or how, how does, how does this work? Like, what's the ideal pro for you guys? It's, these are great questions. So the ideal pro matches the ideal co. And so it doesn't necessarily mean that you are, have certain certs or certain level of degree. So as an example, one of the things that I thought of originally was the whole concept of Yellowbird came up when I was in the back of an Uber, literally. And the gentleman that was driving me was a, a, a formal, a for, former colonel, excuse me, um, in a, uh, in, in Chile. And he was driving me in an Uber and I was thinking to myself, man, this guy has so much to offer the world. And he's five 30 in the morning driving me over to to Sky Harbor for a, for a flight. And I started thinking about all the people retiring. And so there are people that have 15, 20, 30 years of experience may or may not have the cert that they're, uh, you know, you may not be a CSP or an ASP. That doesn't necessarily mean you'd be disqualified. What we're looking for is proper experience, knowledge, and, and wisdom to be able to share. And, so our perfect person is somebody, as an example, if I'm a 
welding shop and I am looking to get a proper safety plan put in place and there's somebody who used to work for Raytheon in their fab shops who has re- a really great experience and in resume and says, yeah, I could definitely do that job. I could go in there for two or three days and, you know, they'll probably make a hundred, hundred and twenty-five dollars an hour. And so they'll make a few thousand bucks doing the job. And we could match that person to help that welding shop who couldn't afford an eighty-five, ninety thousand dollar a year person, but they would be glad to pay three grand to have somebody come in. And the person that used to be the Raytheon person is now, you know, sitting on the couch uh watching reruns of Oprah, saying, Yeah, you know what? I want to get out there and keep helping people. I don't really care if they have a cert per se, as long as they're a good match. But that that said, we do ask what certs you have and what level of education you have, because that is part of the total person. But we do look for the certain person. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So, okay. So then on the, on the co side, what, uh, what's an ideal company? Are you looking at the smaller size companies, the, the bigger ones or the ones in the middle or just anybody? Well, it's funny because I use the example of small business, but the reality is, is that I believe that the large companies are actually the bigger, bigger opportunity for us. And my rationale behind that is, particularly in today's day and age, is the logistical nightmare of, of managing a safety program. So if you have to do a training program, a ubiquitous training program that you developed at headquarters, and you have... 15 offices in 15 states. You either have your safety team flying around or you're somehow indoctrinating or knighting your um, your general manager, your HR manager there on site, or you're trying to coordinate with 15 different independents um, who are attempting to be unified in that um, deal. For us, the perfect account would be somebody who says, I'm running a program that has a whole bunch of offices. I just need to do a, I need to do training or I need to do some kind of a, well, I need a back to work COVID plan. And I want somebody at all 15 sites physically checking out these sites to make sure they're ready to go live again. How do you coordinate that? Yellowbird's perfect for that. I'm finding that there's a lot of um, businesses out there that Maybe it was difficult for people to understand them, but now post-COVID that (laughs) there's features you already had built in that people are now realizing like, wow, that's really helpful. And it's a feature that you had all along. Are you finding that? So yes, that is true, Abby. Um, One of the things that we've really embraced as a community, as a world is leaning into technology because we've had to. And I think it's a beautiful thing. I really do. I, I feel for a lot of folks who are in the world that they have to go back to an office in a, in a very uncomfortable way. But I also am so impressed with the world that so many people have figured out a way to not have to go back to an office. They might go back, but they don't have to because the technology is, is there and it's been there, but just nobody's really, had to figure it out until now. So I'm, I'm kind of curious about the types of gigs that you have. So mm-hmm. if you have a pro come to the site, um, is, it, is this the sort of thing that is almost like a supplemental income? Or is this something that somebody could replace their entire salary with? 
uh, or and and you know I could see how maybe some some safety professionals may, may be a little hesitant to get in because they don't want to commit to something or they may feel they get in over their head or they're, or they're a little apprehensive about it. Are there like minimum size jobs? What kind of pay could somebody expect from this? Great question. Um, I want to answer this question as accurately as I can. So there are gigs that are anywhere from three-hour training that is a supplemental deal that you say, I'm going to take Friday afternoon off from my full-time job and I'm going to go do a training. And it's just going to be a small CPR or first aid training. You know, that training will pay 500 bucks. And that's a good, you know, 500 bucks, 500 bucks for a Friday afternoon. Nothing to complain about there. There's an opportunity that we placed recently that was a four month gig and it was 85 bucks an hour. And that person's going to make over $100,000 in four months. That's a real income. And that's an income for a person that, you know, depending upon where you are and where you are in your world and so forth, that could be your full-time opportunity. And you do more and more of those. Yellowbird's about freedom. And so my hope is, is that folks who have said, I've always wanted to consult or have been asked, hey, do you do any consulting? They're like, well, I don't have a, I don't have a W two, I don't have a, a company I've set up, and do I need insurance? And I got to do the administrative crap, and I've got a market. Nah, I don't want to, I don't want to start a consulting firm. But if you sign up for Yellowbird, you can even go to people and say, hey, I'm a Yellowbird pro. You can request me by name, and we do all the heavy lifting. So, it, the average income per job is ninety dollars an hour. So. That's a pretty dang good income. We have jobs that have paid $150, $200 an hour. In fact, a lot of our COVID-19 jobs are paying $150 an hour right now. And that's pretty darn good. Especially if you're already running your own organization or you're already doing your own consulting job. The challenge with consultants is everybody I know who is a consultant will attest to this. It's feast or famine. You work really hard to get a consulting gig, but you're kind of on your own or you're a small shop. And so you take really good care of that awesome gig that you have. And then eventually you've either done your job really well and they don't need you as many hours or, you know, for whatever reason that gig stops. It's like, oh no, I don't have any other big clients. I've got some other small clients, but my big client is now going away. And so it's feast and famine. And so you now have to kind of get back on the hog, uh, on the horse and, and figure it out. So what I hope is that Yellowbird's a lead gen engine for small independent consultants or those aspiring to be some uh, a consultant. Yeah. Wow. That's, um, that's very impressive. 90 bucks an hour on average. Yeah. That is a really good income. So there's so many questions I have about this because so so the first one is so I'm I'm just trying to give an idea to the the people who are interested in joining Yellowbird and to, and to participate yeah. in this what it's like. So we talked a little bit. So it's free for the pro, mm-hmm. but what about for the co? So for example, I'm putting myself myself in the in the position of a company. Um, I I own the website is it recordable.com, and I recently actually um, hired not really hired just kind of gentleman's agreement from a, a good friend with theobald mm-hmm. uh, he he helps me write some of the scenarios on my website so it's it's relatively 
minor work. I mean, it's really only a few minutes at a time and it's for a little bit of money. And so I'm just kind of wondering, it probably would cost me to register on Yellowbird. It may not be worth it for such small little gigs like that. So well, can you give me a feel for like, Wit. Wit is a Yellowbird professional, by the way. I know for a fact because I know Wit. Oh, is he? he? And yep, he signed <laughs> up on Yellowbird. Um, oh, very good. He's a good guy. Yeah, he's a great guy. He's fantastic. He is, he is not a dick. And I don't think he's a <laughs> no, no, he's, he is not. He's well qualified. <laughs> so, um, well, it's actually, you gave a really good example. So if you, and, and this is one of the benefits for both the company and the professional, but particularly for the professional, if you were looking for somebody like Wit who you didn't know, you're like, oh, I need somebody to do some, some mock-ups and case studies for me and, and work on some content. You as a company owner could go into Yellowbird and say, I'm looking for somebody to write up some content for me. And here's your scope of work. And, I, and we actually put together a scope of work for you, or you put it together yourself on, this, on, the, on the site. And there's no fee for you to do that. Where we make our money, in, and I'm sure that's the natural question. Okay, this is not a philanthropic deal. I mean, you obviously are in business. We make money on a spread. So we, um, generally speaking... Uh, we make, you know, between twenty five and thirty five percent. So if if we bill out at a hundred dollars an hour, uh, we pay the person eighty five dollars an hour. Okay, so that's and there's no fee for the company and there's no fee for the pro. The pro technically pays a fee, I guess, because they pay that twenty five to thirty percent. Um, but we've already found the we've done all the work, and so at the end of the day. We say, Mr. Pro, please show up at this location doing this job. And if the scope of work is not within the range, they can say, oh, I'm sorry, the Yellowbird program just said that we had this scope of work. If you want me to do that extra work, no problem. Just go back on Yellowbird, register that, say that you want me to do the job, and then I can stay and continue to do it. So we take the burden off of the pro for saying, well, no, I, I you know, okay, I'll, I'll stay for two more hours and, and do this for you. So that's one of the drivers for us is to empower the pros to know that they're protected by us. And not that the companies are going to do anything wrong, but it's so common to say, I want you to do an assessment and a walkthrough of this location. And then they say, hey, we need, we've got some spill pallets over here. We want you to take a look at these things and tell us whether or not um, they're, uh, they're in compliance. And the pros are like, uh, well, okay, you know. So that's one of the benefits of the of the plan is that we have a pretty tight scope of work on both sides. So people know what they're going to spend and and the pro knows what they're going to make. Yeah, no, I think that's really fair. I, I like that model very much um, because it really allows for a lot of flexibility. Um, one of the other questions I had was on the, more on the pro side. Are there jobs that are remote work or is this something that a... A safety pro would would expect to have to travel and maybe even be away from their families. Ideally, we're going to find local opportunities for local gigs because that's one of the value propositions that we are offering. So, as an example, if I am, I'm going to use an example of a construction firm here in Phoenix, and they're working on a project that is in Idaho, some small town in Idaho. And they're trying to figure out how are we going to facilitate all of the different subcontractors and logistics and everything else 
And one among that, they say, well, I need to have a safety person on, on the project. Ideally, we find somebody who's a Yellowbird Pro with the right background that's local. Um, for us, that's ideal. There is there are circumstances, and this this deal up in Illinois was one of them for this large gig, that the person was not local. Funny enough, I'll give you the full I'll give you the full background, but first the person was not local. They were willing to come actually for that longer duration and be away from their family and so forth. Uh, we do ask, are you willing to travel? That's one of the questions that we ask. We try to place the full person, the person who says, I have a young family. I really don't want to travel. I'm looking for things within an hour and a half, two hour drive. Great. No problemo. We'll do that. To give you a good how we knew Yellowbird was working uh, story, we place that first gig that I was just referring to. It wasn't our first gig, but it was the first gig for this large uh, construction firm in Illinois. And we found the right person with the right qualifications and the experience. And we had, we actually, because it was such a large deal, they wanted to really talk to the person, make sure that they had the experience. And we went through the process with them and then they got quarantined for COVID so we went through all of this. We got it all done in about four days, which was really impressive. I mean, we went from requests coming in through the website to matching the pro and having them ready to go to, oh, no. So they got quarantined. So we went back out to our Yellowbird pros. We found another pro, and within three hours, we found an even uh, equally as promising person who then did not get quarantined, who has now been there and has been very successful and is doing very well. But it tells me that the system works. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, have you, I was going to ask, have you noticed a lot of change? Uh, has there been an, an uptick in pros or co's amidst COVID-19 or any change at all? Or is it just business as usual? No, no. We're seeing quite a bit of uptick. We just did a program. We're actually rolling out a program right now. In fact, we're looking for more CIHs. We're looking for more industrial hygienists. So keep that in mind. Anybody who's listening to this, we just rolled out a program for a return to work protocol. We have a protocol that we've, we're working with a group who, I guess this is like their sixth or seventh iteration of a, of a, of a laboratory based protocol where we're testing surface conditions and air, you know, air vents and things like that. And the COVID-19 return to work plan that we we're doing is shown us a lot of uptick in activity. That being said, our company went live in January. So we're, we're not a very old organization. Uh, we, 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 I founded the company last, last July, late July, early August, brought on my co-founder from Intel. Um, she's a 26 year Intel executive. And I brought, well, we we teamed up, and she's a, my co-founder as of I guess September, and now we're up to six people, and we turned on revenue in in January, and we're doing very very well, fortunately. So I don't know if I can account it for. Well, we went live, and everybody's hearing about us, and we've been very fortunate to be solving a a need, or if COVID's driving us ahead, and I can just be, I won't say thankful, but. 
I am going to be say thankful, thankful that our our solution and the need in the market seem to be matching okay. Oh yeah, well that's really good. That's in that short amount of time, um, you know, that's a really good success story, I would say. And um, so, hey, any uh, certified industrial hygienist sounds like that you're in demand, and and there could be some good opportunities out there for you. So go check out Yellowbird. Um, so before we wrap up, I just have a couple questions left here for you. I, sure. I want to get out before we close here. Yeah. Um, and one of them is, what do you wish you, you would known when you started Yellowbird? I mean, you're still a pretty young company, but are there any like lessons or things you would have done differently to start? Or are you perfectly happy with everything and you wouldn't have done anything differently? Cause that could be the answer too. You know, I'm a perfectionist just by nature and I'm hard on myself. I'm not that hard on other people, funny enough. I, I actually have, I'm a lot kinder to other folks than I am to myself. Maybe that's something I'll see a psychologist about at some point. But for for me, I I think I think I would have started the process of of searching for my co-founder a little earlier because she's been exceptional. I would say the most important thing that I'm discovering during this whole process is don't be intimidated to get yourself out there and to, you know, be willing to have these conversations. And, you know, my, my inclination is to try not to talk about myself very much. I just don't particularly, people like to talk about me some, but myself, like even when you gave the intro, it's somewhat embarrassing to me just because it's just not who I am. But I, my guidance to myself would be that be willing to do that earlier and more often because it is good to be able to tell your story. And if you really are helping people, then you can kind of convince yourself that you're not doing it to feed your own ego. Although I'm sure there's a part to that, but mostly that we're doing something that really is going to help a lot of people. And I'm, I'm hopeful that I can make, you know, entrepreneurs out of people who maybe are the introverts of the world or uh, folks who say, I'd really like to be a consultant, but I, I just, wouldn't even know where to start. You know, that's what we're doing. We're helping people create their businesses. Yeah. Well, I really love it. I think there's, it's a really good value add and it plays really well with the, the gig economy, which I think is, be, it's starting to get bigger. It's, it's becoming more of a normal thing. We're getting away from more the nine to fives, moving towards the gig economy. So I think you guys are like really well positioned for that. Um, and now there are other companies doing similar things. Mm -hmm. Um, how would you like differentiate Yellowbird from a, from like another company? It's like, like, is it, are you guys very similar differences? Is there any differences between the two of you or? No, there's, um, there's quite a bit. Um, there's quite a bit. Now the, the, I mean, the main thing is, is that what we've found is that there's two different types of competitors out there. There's staffing agencies who call themselves other things, but staffing agencies tend to make their money on, one short-term duration tends to be a hundred percent markup. So, you know, the, the pro doesn't make nearly as much money. And frankly, even the co doesn't make a lot of money. I mean, it, it costs them a lot of money. So we save the company roughly 25% of what they normally would pay. Um, and the pro makes five to 10% more than they would pay on a, on a staffing agency scenario. The other thing that we found a lot is that the groups that are doing kind of message boards or um, job boards 
And the one that you mentioned earlier, is, it, I believe, is more of a job board scenario. They're not using any AI and they're not automating. So for us, we really are going to be getting, we're leaning into the technology. We've, we have a room full of programmers that are automating the matching process and the feedback loop. So we're doing that two-sided marketplace thing where you're going to be able to give a, a star rating and a review of both sides and um, do things like tipping and, and bonuses. And we're, we've got some pretty cool things that we're coming out with right now. So there's nobody in our space that has anything close to what we're doing. Although I will say that there are some other groups in other spaces that are really doing well. Um, there's a group that's doing in biochem and life sciences, they're doing um, uh, scientists on demand for clinical trials. And they're doing very, very well. There's a group of dentistry organizations uh, here in Phoenix that are doing very well for dentist matching, even nurses. So the two-sided marketplace automation is going really well, but I don't see anybody in our space, including the group that you had mentioned, that's um, that's really doing it doing it right. Yeah, I'm very really yeah, I'm really interested to see how this goes, and especially with um, you know, I see more and more people on LinkedIn every day that are saying they're a, a COVID. Uh, layoff. And so I'm always thinking, gosh, people can jump onto Yellowbird and do something to kind of bridge the gap in between their, you know, what happened now and their next opportunity. So I'm interested to see, you know, how this takes off and where this goes and what it might do to disrupt a little bit. So I, I'm excited about that for you. Oh, thank I also you. have some ideas. <laughs> I have Good. ideas, but I'm not going to talk about them here. I'll, I'll hit you up after. <laughs> I would love yeah, to hear. Abby, you know, that's you what, can always that's count what we're on all about. You can always count on Abby to have good ideas. Like she's just constantly just dropping ideas left and right. So, well, Thank we you. love it. We <laughs> love it. Have and, some good ones for you. you know, so my my belief is, and I'm asked this a lot, especially because again, we're in the process of of a seed round of capital. So we're, you know, we're we're growing quickly, and so we're funding our growth and. One of the questions that's asked is what happens in the time of a recession or what happens in a downturn, and which is an appropriate question. And one of the answers that I give is, unfortunately, people are quick to lay off and slow to hire. It's just nature of recessions. So when they start going back into hiring mode, I believe that they will use platforms like Yellowbird to bring people on even if it costs them theoretically a little bit more per hour in the short term before they can bring somebody on full time in the in the long term. And so I see the gig economy being helpful for organizations that are maybe have been hit hard and are a little gun shy to, to hire a lot of folks back. And um, my my hope is that we can actually make safety accessible to people who are not currently running that great of organization that great of programs because they can't afford it. You know, you can't have a 60, 70, 80, 100,000 dollar person at every location running a program that you could theoretically have somebody coming out every week or two checking on the program that they built. So that's my that's my hope for for Yellowbird. Well, I love it. Uh Michael, thank you so much for coming on before I just want to wrap it up with one last question. I saved the best question for last. And Abby, I want you to answer it too. Um, <laughs> the question is, you're at a Mexican restaurant. What do you order? Oh, 
That's a good question. And by the way, my favorite question in the world, because uh, I love Mexican food. Um, Who doesn't? Let's see here. Well, you happen to be talking to me on the right day. So I'm going to have to say tacos because it is Taco Tuesday. Normally what I would say is normally what I would say is fajitas because kind of hands on kind of a guy. I like to make my own uh, fajitas, but uh, it's Taco Tuesday today. So I'm going to I'm going to go tacos this time. (laughs) Yeah, I know what you're having for dinner. (laughs) <laughs> I'm with you on that. And I honestly, I felt like today was Thursday. So I hesitated. I'm like, is it Taco Tuesday? No, it's Thursday. But here we are. It's Tuesday. <laughs> um, yeah. I have the same order. I always go with the tacos because I can switch up like what kind I want and not have to commit to a whole dish, which maybe this is a personality test. I don't know. I'm kind of scared now. But um, I usually go for fish tacos. Or if they have some weird like oh, veggie option, um, I'm down for that too. And then of course a margarita on the rocks with salt. Oh yeah, no. I good mean, answer. What, was I supposed to start with my drink? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'll go with you, Abby. Yeah, you're I, gonna... I don't even have to. I'm going with you. I'm going to have the same. I'm just going to say I'm having what she's having. There you go. <laughs> yeah, Mike, Michael, you, you're you're just going to have water, and uh, by water you mean Coors Light. And by Coors Light, you mean vodka, right? Of course. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I know how this works. I know how this works. Got It's got to stay hydrated. Well, I always go with the pollo chipotle, the, the, the chipotle chicken. Nice. And you can't get that everywhere, but anything chipotle, like I will be drawn to that. Like I just love chipotle stuff. In fact, one of the biggest disappointments of my entire life was when I went to Chipotle, the restaurant, and they had nothing chipotle on the on the menu. Right. It's so misleading. I know. What what is this crap? Yeah. But I do like Chipotle though. Like, you know, don't get me wrong, but, um, oh, and a little, little known fact, Abby Maldonado. I know he's not on the call today, but Maldonado means cheesy taco in Portuguese. Yes. (laughs) What? Just, I I just, you're going to have to follow along. (laughs) You'll have to refer to another episode at some point. Actually, I wanted to refer to another one of our episodes because we mentioned the gig economy several times and Uber and, you know, there's others, of course, there's Lyft and, and whatever. Grubhub, I think was mentioned in here too. And um, I recorded a, an episode of this, of Safety Justice League Presents with a woman named Tara Carbert. And so you can go back in our podcast archive and find the episode with Tara. And we talked extensively about safety protections for people in that gig economy setting. Interesting. I would, uh, yeah. I'd love to, uh, I will look that up and I thank you for that. Check it out. Well, thanks again, Michael. And, uh, also Abby, it was really good to talk to you and I'm, I'm glad that we were able to, uh, set this up. Yeah. Likewise. Thank you so much. Tacos. <laughs> Taco time. Taco time. <laughs> views expressed on this podcast are solely the opinions of the hosts and their guests, not necessarily their employer, organization, committee, or any other group or individual on this planet or any yet to be discovered containing intelligent life. The podcast is intended for entertainment and educational purposes only. Nothing within this recording is intended to be used as legal guidance or representation of any entity. No portion of the podcast may be reproduced without the express written consent of the show's creator, Safety Justice League, LLC. But hey, ask us nicely, we'll probably share.